0: To the I on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller degman our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, you're joining us from vacation this week.
1: Another vacation, yeah. It's 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 the summer tour, the summer yeah. vacation <laughs> tour. Yeah. Right now, I'm 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 usually in parts unknown in the northwest, but not not now. I'm closer where I grew up in the in the northeast um a little higher elevation a lot of land really beautiful I'm in New York um even though I grew up in New Jersey I'm in New York um in Westchester County it's it's absolutely gorgeous where I am so um yeah there's like what you can, no cars around and a lot of green a lot of woods it's very pretty
0: Well, uh, thank you for joining us this week, because we actually have a lot to get to. We're going to talk some recruiting in the second half of the episode. Um, You wrote a story about Jakari Brown, Mm -hmm. uh, the quarterback committed in this class. Um, We will talk about that and kind of your impressions from talking to him. Um, Overall, just kind of a really busy recruiting weekend and and paradise camp coming up soon. Um, So that's definitely been kind of the story of June. But the other the, the biggest story around college football this the last two weeks, basically, and it's something we didn't talk about last week. I think maybe the all the stuff kind of started happening right after we recorded. In uh, mm-hmm. playoff expansion, um, the twelve-team playoff at this point seems like an inevitability. Um, there will yep. be meetings. We're recording this on a Wednesday evening. Uh, there will be meetings in um, Chicago. The, the playoff committee um, on Thursday and Friday, they'll make a final proposal to the college football playoff board, board of managers who are scheduled to meet uh, June 22nd in Dallas. Uh, so what is that next Tuesday? Um, and by then we could have an official everything official, but it, it seems like we are headed in the direction of a 12 team playoff uh, in which the six highest ranked conference champions would be guaranteed berths. Um, and then, obviously, some uh, conference runner-ups, uh, quite a few of them, will, will get a chance to um, play up for a national championship. Uh, initial impressions, you like it? I
1: like it. Yeah, I think the more the merrier. Um, I think I, I knew it was I knew it was going to happen, didn't you? You know, people used to say, you know, many years ago, they said it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Too many games you know, the school getting in the way, although I'm not sure how many extra games this would mean as far as school goes and things, but um, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, they do it, you know, in the, in the FCS and, yeah. um, and it's, it's fun and it's, yeah, really fun. it's really also, fun. It, it also, it keeps it more exciting. I think m- more teams then have a chance to get in there. It's a more relevant um uh, there's, you know, there's still going to be arguments. There's still definitely going to be arguments about who got in. Um, I just, I think it's a great idea, actually.
0: Yeah, um, I, I kind of lean toward the eight that we just skipped right over, um, with the same <laughs> idea of like six highest-ranked conference champions basically making it. Um, right. That's the important thing to me. Right? Is that the conference? You don't want any conference to go into a season feeling like there's not really a chance that they're going to to play for a national championship, um, especially a Power Five conference. Like we've got, how many years have we gone in to the, a pack to a season and being like, doesn't matter. Like a Pac-12, one loss Pac-12 champion feels like has no chance to make it. Um, you know, even last year USC was like undefeated going into the I think last week or second to last week of the regular season, and we're only like number seven or eight or something. And it was like, what are we even doing here? Like that, if you're going to knock a, a team that is ostensibly one of your power five conferences, one of your team conferences, that is big money considered good enough to like get a guaranteed um, new year's six bowl berth and considered a, you know, a, a team, obviously a league that has a lot of history and, and historically great programs. If we're just ignoring them. then the, the playoff, the 14 playoff was, was clearly broken. Um, I've kind of always been on the camp of like college football, you know, how many teams in any given year, just in any, like going back how decades, uh-huh. you really go into the season thinking they're a national championship team. Like there's maybe 10 or 15, like there's a lot of programs out there and, and teams I grew up rooting for Maryland, Syracuse that like, you didn't watch college football because they were playing for a national championship. You watch college football because like they're going to maybe upset Clemson or they're going to play some rivalry games or um, you know, maybe they'll get to a conference championship and, and just getting to a conference championship. Um, I think it's supposed to matter. And I think whether it's the playoffs fault, whether it is our sports media fault um, and really just caring about rings culture and and championship or bust is all that matters. Um, The value of a conference championship has just quite frankly been diminished a lot in the last, um, I don't know, 10, 15 years, it feels like. Uh, For a while.
1: And I, you know what, though, I think, though, that one of the reasons – I like 12 is because sometimes the conference champion is not the best team. If that right. makes sense to you, I've seen it in different years. And I, um, I think it gives maybe more teams that are deserving than, like I said, a chance yeah. to be in there.
0: Yeah. But my point is basically those conference championship races should feel really important. And I, I think they yeah. haven't a lot lately, you know, and when you see, SEC runner up basically at this point, it feels like guaranteed a spot in the, in the final four. Like it just devalues the value. It devalues a conference championship. When you have Alabama playing LSU in a national championship game um, in, when it was the two team system, we just basically acted like no other conference championship mattered. And obviously those are some extreme examples I'm citing, but it should feel like, you know, I'm thinking back to, wasn't there a year where like Georgia tech made it to the ACC championship and they were six and six. It was like a terrible coastal year. I think it was the year Miami was, um, had a bowl band. So they couldn't play in the right. ACC championship. Like imagine how intense that coastal race would have been. It was, ter- you know, terrible teams that had no shot. I think they got killed by maybe Florida state in the championship right. that year. Um, but that coastal race was like a laughingstock and probably like deserved to be, but it also in this system would be like every one of those games would matter and every one of those games would be high profile. A, a crappy Wake Forest Georgia Tech game in late November like would be as important as like an SEC East showdown, like a high profile SEC East showdown. Oh, wait, but, you know, most years it kind of feels like there's the handful of. You know, every once in a while, there's a random conference champion, a team that is outside the top 20 or something like that. And the fact that that team has a chance to get hot and play for a national championship. Um, I think it just, this is the, this is the reason 12 is good because it just expands the uh, amount of teams that care. And the more teams you obviously add to the playoff, that's just that many teams care. If, if there are, 22 teams in playoff contention in the last week of the regular season. That's awesome. And obviously where we're at now, it's like, maybe there's like seven.
1: It's, it's really three. true. I, yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It will be, and it'll be way more fun for the fans.
0: Yeah. And it, uh, is good for Miami, right? Like at this point where you're chasing Clemson, like I know, obviously Notre Dame this way for Miami. Yeah. yeah. Notre Dame this last year, like, um, had their like you know had their case basically. Um, but- Miami,
1: you know, my in 2017, Miami would have been in. Yep. Um, when they went 10 and 0, and then they ended up losing the last three games. But um, I you know they they would have been in there in one of the games. Um, and I, I think ESPN had some uh, some uh. Scenarios of you know what would have happened, and in 2017, Miami would have played, or they said number ten, Miami would have played at seven Auburn. Um, It's pretty cool to think of that. And last year, right, going Miami was was right in there, uh, you know, going into the the final regular season game against North Carolina, and UM was ranked number ten. North Carolina was 17 with the, well, by the College Football Playoff Committee, right yeah. selection yeah. committee, and all you want to how to do is win, and um, and yeah, that was a game yeah, that blew
0: it. That was a game a lot of people probably looked at. You know, and obviously Miami fans cared. It was a top 20 matchup, um, but a lot of people like were like, "Ah, oh, it's irrelevant." You know, it's a fun top 20 matchup. Maybe it'll be a good game, but. But who cares? I guess the Orange Bowl berth was ultimately on the line, which is a sort of big deal. But imagine if Miami was playing that game, um, and if they win, they basically are guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff. Like, it's yeah, it's very a whole different level of intensity. Um, And again, like maybe the playoff has caused some of these problems by just and the playoffs and ESPN. I think they've even been pretty open about this, like. Maybe we screwed up and like made the playoff too big a deal. The the nonstop coverage of the playoff has turned people off of the you know the the smaller games that matter a lot to a small subset of people. But ultimately, like if you, all you care about is who wins a national championship, yeah. um, But this is a good antidote to it, and one that I think people have always felt was fair.
1: I think right? pe- listen. I think people were turned off to the other games
0: anyway. I think so too. I, yeah, I think it's a I, problem of. Just the way people, it's the, it's the way the world has been nationalized, right? In the, in the 1990s or whatever, before, like everyone was on the internet, knew everything that was happening all the time. You really cared about regional rivalries and just, you know, your team schedule. Um, But as obviously like ESPN and
1: if it's not a big deal, it's nobody cares if it's not a a big deal, deal. and I, That's just society.
0: It's rings culture in the NBA. It's um, exactly. It's just people. You know, there's more important. There's there's other things to sports other than who wins a national championship or an NBA ch- title or a Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, a lot of people obviously just care about that. And but I think this is the best antidote I think uh, they could come up with. To if that is just the way that people are wired, which I kind of think it is. Obviously, I have no proof of this, but I kind of think it is. Then this is an antidote to just make more games feel like they actually matter to the national championship picture.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and also they can keep the bowls, you know, having significance if, if they do have some of the games and they will for sure in in the bowl games. Right. So like right now there's the rose, sugar, orange, fiesta, peach and cotton um, in the CFP, the college football playoff that rotate to host the semis. And, and these same bowls could, could could host games i know there's some debate on um i guess in the 12 in the 12 um
0: the first round the play-in the five the versus well 12, 12. the
1: first play right but the top four would get a buy
0: right And it was and then everyone else pl- is that higher seed home site in the play-in round and then yeah
1: which is kind of interesting because in a way that so the top four and we were talking about this before um yeah they they get a buy, but they also don't get a chance to get that first game at their stadium. Yeah, it's a huge
0: football advantage. Although, um, It's probably not a financial advantage. Though. Yeah. But
1: David, they're going to, they're, are you kidding? They're going to figure out a way to, that the top four doesn't lose, don't lose, you know, those. Doesn't teams. lose that
0: revenue. Yeah. yeah
1: they're definitely going to do, do something where they split the revenue. Don't you think?
0: I would think uh, so. But even so it's like, how fun would it be to play in a playoff game in front of your home crowd? Like.
1: Yeah, it would be pretty amazing, actually.
0: Like, yeah. it's a good recruiting pitch for, like, perennial number five texas a and m A&M. I'm like, hey, we might not ever be a top four seed, but you're going to have to play a lot of playoff games at home <laughs> <laughs> at Kyle yeah, that, Field.
1: That, that's true. That, that it, It'll be very interesting to see how they finesse this a little bit. Yeah, that, that's,
0: I think, the- as we say that this is basically inevitability, the, the details that feel like they're inevitable are the 12-team playoff, the six highest seeds high-seeded conference champions, get an automatic berth. Um, those right. all feel like they're set. I think the question is going to be, well, obviously, when are we going to start this? And then what are they going to do at the home sites? Because as you said, like, no one's going to care about, once you do this, I know a lot of people don't care about the bowls anyway. I love bowl season because, I don't know, I think Me it's too. Fun. Um, <laughs> It's a lot of entertaining football that is happening all at once and you can tune out of what you want. But I think a lot of people are going to like, really not care about the bowls anymore once this playoff exists. Um, you know, so they got to have basically all the, the New Year's six bowls we have now. They've all got to be part of this. And that's that's the tricky part of why you need to have quarterfinals and semifinals both be um, part of this because that'll let you get all your New Year's six bowls hosting every year um, rather than sticking the Orange Bowl one year with a non-playoff game or whatever and they feel screwed. Because no one's gonna watch like number thirteen uh, Auburn play against number twenty two uh, Georgia Tech or whatever.
1: And they're still and they're still gonna use the uh,
0: the selection committee. Yes.
1: So I, you know, they're still keeping yeah. a lot of the same elements in this. Yeah, so it does
0: still have that little bit of like um, subjectiveness. Obviously, like that was always kind of an issue. It's been an issue with this forever is the subjective nature keeping like Boise State out of the um, out of the national championship picture. So there is still some of that subjective nature, but obviously the six highest ranked conference champions give it gives it that objectiveness that a uh, college football postseason just has pretty much lacked forever where. You know, right. If you're good enough, you're now going to get in, basically. and it keeps so The skating. only way you go undefeated now and not get in is, like, if you're from a really small conference that really didn't play anyone, like a, like a, a – I don't even know. <laughs> like a Sunbelt team that just plays no one. Like, if you go undefeated, maybe you're not going to be in that top 12, top top six highest-ranked conference champions. But for the most part, if you – do your, do what you're supposed to do and win every game you play and beat every team in front of you, you're going to get to the playoff. And obviously that just hasn't been the case a lot. It's not in a lot of college football's history. So above all else, that's why I like it. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I think Miami has, has a much better shot. And if they can, if Miami can, uh, you know, can, can get back to somewhat where they were. You know, they maybe they wouldn't have to be, you know, the, the top. But to get in there is is the key to get yeah. into the you know the top twelve. And I, there's no reason Miami shouldn't be shouldn't be you know in the race pretty much every year. Yeah,
0: um, definitely.
1: So, uh, yeah, I'm I knew it was going to happen, and, uh, and yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing it. They're t- really seemed to happen fast though so, didn't it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like i like i said i'm shocked they just skip right over eight like they just went four to twelve like a pretty big expansion happening out of nowhere
1: they must have been talking about this for a while that we didn't know yeah. i don't i i guess i they somebody had to keep it quiet yeah, so yeah. and think about the money they're gonna make by the way
0: yeah yeah i think obviously that's a big part of it it's also a, a good a boon for the acc is that apparently there's As of now, again, a lot of this can change as they go through negotiations. There's no carve-out for Notre Dame, right? There's no, like, you know, the current system, right, has, like, for the Orange Bowl, it's, like, highest-ranked ACC team or Notre Dame or whatever. There's no (laughs) special carve-out for Notre Dame in this um, current system or current proposal, which means, like, if Notre Dame was higher-ranked than – let's say Notre Dame finished 13 and was higher-ranked than the sixth-ranked sixth highest ranked conference champion or whatever, they wouldn't be guaranteed. Like you would still have to go down and find UCF or whatever at 16. Um, Right? There's a big incentive for Notre Dame to potentially join the ACC or join a conference. And obviously the ACC is in pole position for that. And you know, the ACC would love that. And
1: they'll never. Yeah. And yeah, I I don't know. I don't doubt. I bet that happens one day. I'm not, I'm never going to say Never. Again, I'm never going to say never, but you know Notre Dame wants to stay independent. They're now they're not going to be playing uh, that first game. They'll never play that first game on the first weekend of December, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think they'll be able to play. So because um, there's they're not playing for a conference champion. Yeah, I guess like unless they
0: play like BYU or another independent.
1: Yeah, but I don't. I don't. So um, they can get a home game as a number five seed. Yeah. And then they have another, and they also have an extra week of rest. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, you know, Notre Dame, they'll find a way.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see how this changes, but uh, either way, pretty excited. Um, Like we said, it's Miami would have had a lot more like really exciting high profile games. I think uh, in the last couple of years, if we had had this all along. Uh, it's also, I think, going to put like coaches on the hot seat a little bit more, right? Like once you've got an attainable <laughs> playoff, right? Like if I don't know, let's say this comes in twenty twenty three or whatever. Uh, like, how quickly are we giving up on the current coach if he uh, if he misses it two years in a row? Like, I not, think that's, that's a good point.
1: That's a really good point, and I think also teams are not going to be trying to play a lot of cupcakes because yeah. remember they're still getting they're still getting ranked.
0: Yeah. Just, right. Yeah, so there's – um. well, and sure. just the fact that, like, if you – like I said, if you get to the ACC championship, if you win the Coastal and get to the ACC championship, like, you're in pretty good shape, and and the Coastal is obviously a, a division that uh, Miami feels like it should be winning every year. So um, – and I think a lot of teams are going to feel that way. There's going to be teams in the lesser conference in every league that, like, basically, like, we're kind of – fine. I don't want to say coasting on mediocrity, but like kind of coasting on like, you know, if we get to the ACC championship, we're going to get killed by Clemson anyway. Like (laughs) there is like, there is always that just like lingering over the Miami experience these days. Right. Um, But, but uh, you know, like you said, it would change the, you know, the, it would change the level of urgency just to get there because if you get there, even if you get killed by Clemson, you're you're in a pretty good position to be one of the top 12 teams in the country. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm with you all the way. Bring it on.
0: All right. Uh, you want to wrap up with some recruiting talk? Sure. Let's I know, do it. Uh, you, you, you always like to lean on me a little bit here, but I'm leaning on you this week. Cause you actually talked to Jakari Brown um, coming off his official visit, uh, a recruit that I've actually not talked to uh, in this whole process. Um, what were uh, what was kind of your first impression of the quarterback I know Miami uh, really likes they both like his personality and they like that they have him kind of committed early to be the guy to like be the leader of this class and, and recruit other guys and you could definitely get a sense of that from reading your story I think today
1: yeah uh, my impression is he's um, very outgoing uh, very vocal very friendly and I, you know, maybe, maybe because it's early, you know, and he's going into his senior year. Um, and I also, he's very confident. Um, uh, he, he thinks he's really good and, uh, just for, I've never seen him in person, but I have seen, uh, you know, a lot of the video and, uh, and he, he does look very good. He looks strong. Um, he told, he looks, he looks bigger than, I mean, I think he's six, he said he's six, four and about two Oh eight when they weighed him, he said they weighed him, you know, when he was on his official visit last weekend. Um, but he looks kind of sturdy. Um, he, he, he runs a lot. Um, he's very excited about coming. He's trying to, he's helping with recruiting, um, and uh, he was, he was, he loved Miami, you know, like they all do. He didn't, he said he had, if, if anybody sees my story, he had never eaten lobster before and got to eat uh, lobster uh, with a steak. Um, he, he was very impressed. I mean, were they by, taking
0: Rusty Pelican, right? I think yeah, they
1: took there. him to the Rusty Pelican. He had surf and turf. I think he had lobster tails and, and steak Um, But he said, and he said there was some green stuff on his potatoes. He said I think it was asparagus. It's pretty funny. And um, he talked about the cruise ships. And he told Coach Diaz they were riding together one night alone, and Diaz's car was Diaz was driving. And he told him that boy, you know, it'd be kind of cool if I if I could invest in one of those cruise ships and I he told me that and I was thinking I don't think he realizes how much money (laughs) that might take in a cruise ship and um uh he was just uh he was young and impressionable and 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 hyped up he said he's he told me he's kind of mellow And doesn't do a lot of trash talking on the field and he you know he keeps his composure I'd have to see that I haven't I haven't actually seen him in action um you know he seemed pretty you know vibrant to me put it that way um one thing that I think is really interesting and I I can never really understand this but then again I'm not you know, getting recruited. I'm not one of the best players in the country. You know, I don't have five official trips, um, available to me if I want to take them. Um, so he's committed to Miami already, but he, he might, it, it, I felt like he might take some other trips mm-hmm. and whenever I hear that, um, I can't help it, but like, a you know, like a sick, like a boom, vroom
0: boom, some kind of yeah. Well, you know, Miami doesn't like that either. They've made kind of a point of that. They don't, I think Clemson, oh, not specifically, kind of. oh I think Clemson specifically outlaws it. Like if you are committed to them and you take an official visit somewhere else, they're going to drop you. Yeah, Miami I mean, isn't there, but they really do not want guys taking official I mean, it looks, committed. look,
1: I, I, and this is obviously
0: a unique situation with COVID and a lot of guys like,
1: yeah, that's what he said. He told, I said, that's what he told me he said well with COVID he wasn't able to visit places so then why you know I didn't
0: why commit yeah yeah Miami feels the why? same way in a lot of why ways why I, it's kind of like I'll believe it when I see it with him taking other visits
1: yeah uh, what do you mean you'll believe
0: that he's I'll truly- believe he's going to take other visits when I see it I, he, if he is oh, gotcha. into I- Miami as he says he is I think Miami's going to talk him out of it
1: that that could very well be it seems like he's really into Miami but it also seems like he's you know he likes the attention and um uh, and again I kids do have a right they're young and they and they th- th- it's a huge decision in their life you know and they do he does have a right to make trips I just personally I I wouldn't commit until i took the trips and i knew but that's just just the way i feel it just just seems backwards or something um you know he he told me that the other the other teams are are still um you know are still talking to him texas a&m auburn i don't know if they all are arizona state um he he was considering the gators but not now um i i just you know, I, it's, it's unusual to me.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I think talking to other coaches is pretty standard procedure, just because like, you gotta, you you need to have a backup plan in case.
1: Yeah, you do. Uh, That's it. That, 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 that is definitely true. That, that is true. I just, know,
0: I'll, again, i like I said, I'll, like I said, I'll believe it when I see it on the visits. I mean, you, you look at some of those other schools. That then
1: why would he in, say that? Why would he say that?
0: Cause he's young and. Thinks he's going to do it. And then as he starts to think about it more.
1: That could be. Like, yeah. That could be, He said, I mean, he says he's locked into UM. So. Um,
0: but it is interesting that he's even saying that. Cause I think, I think a lot of. Um, you know, I think a lot, like, I think Tyler Van Dyke, for example, when he committed to Miami, he, I don't think he took another visit. Um, Jakari is in an interesting spot. Like I said, with COVID, I mean, Miami was his first official visit. Um, but it's not like he didn't have chances to take some beforehand, right? He could have gone to Florida and Texas A&M the two weekends before or whatever, the week before, um, but he didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, um, My understanding is Miami is, like, very confident. This guy is, like, the leader of this class, and they are not worried about him flipping elsewhere. Um, But, like, we're dealing with 17-year-old kids, right? Still yeah,
1: teams. exactly. And then when the other teams end, and not only that, David, some of it has to do with how the team ends up doing.
0: I mean, yeah, if they look terrible, or then...
1: If they look terrible or or if, I don't know, if something happens and Jake Garcia comes in and is... Although, yeah, he's only a year behind him, right? Yeah. Yep. Jay yep. Garcia comes in and is, like, absolutely amazing. Or whatever. Maybe he's thinking, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, things, things change. Or if, uh, um, my, if Miami just bombs out and just as cruddy this season and is, you know, people are making fun of them and stuff maybe. And then the other teams say, you want to play
0: there? Yeah. I just
1: don't trust this recruiting business. So yeah, you uh,
0: can never trust it until it's uh, all signed on the dotted right. line, right? But but uh, I
1: yeah, but I, I I liked him. He was very nice. He thanked me for the story, um, and uh, yeah, he was. I I I liked him. Um, but he's seventeen, and we'll see. We'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the other guy committed in the class, Kwan Lee, wide receiver. It seems like they're pretty close, from what I can. Uh, I know that like they don't know each other well, but see, I, I mean, it seems like they were obviously spending a lot of time together this weekend as the two um, mm-hmm. as the two commits. Quan Lee coming off that visit, uh, like did the whole like shutting down my recruitment. Like that obviously doesn't really mean anything because it's not like he can sign right now. But basically, you know, he said he's not taking other visits, all that kind of stuff. And the fact that Jakari didn't is is noteworthy. But again, like I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't wind up. In this class, obviously, barring like something like you were saying, like a terrible season for Miami or Manny Diaz getting fired or. Oh, or- yeah, he, he did would- say
1: that to me, by the way. Yeah. He said the the only I, I think I wrote that the only way he would decommit. Yes. Uh, would be if there were some major coaches getting leaving, leaving or getting fired or leaving or whatever. I'm mean, probably getting fired. <laughs> I don't know. And um, so we talked about that um and he and he also said that that there are going to be other kids uh, committing soon enough but we'll see on that also
0: yeah the Lee has, has like hinted that they could have like i think he said they got two this weekend um obviously nothing public but um oh the,
1: yeah. the silent the silent commit silent,
0: yeah and, and then and feeling. then what
1: do we get do we get a swirling hurricane thing for yeah, many
0: that's they that like know for sure but sometimes guys will make the silent commit and really, what they are mean by that is like, hey, I've got two more visits. Like, I'm gonna take those, but you guys are the favorite right now, or I'm I'm planning to commit to you unless something so else really blows me away. So, until until we get a swirl from someone, I'm not I'm not considering anything a done deal. Their coaches are smarter than they're smart enough to wait and do the swirl until they know they're about they are going to get the commitment, right?
1: Oh my God. Yes. I, yes, for sure. Well, hopefully David, you're going to have your computer on right. All. Uh, all <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good.
0: It seems like it was a really productive weekend for Miami. Um, they had 12 commits on campus. Um, as we said, no public commitments, but uh, as you're saying the hints of the the silence, um, I think I said 12 commits 12 recruits on campus, the two commits, uh, a five-star defensive tackle, Bear Alexander, um, I heard there were the number I heard was they had 47 people to manage on, across the visits between like parents and family members. <laughs> and that kind right. of stuff. So right. it was a, a really busy one. Uh, you can understand the, sh- the stress that the uh, Miami coaching staff is, it was probably under over the weekend trying to manage that many bodies. Absolutely. Um, but um, I-, I think they were really happy to have, uh jacari and Kwan lee there is the two commits who uh i think we're like keeping the energy up for everyone um who did you say jacari was in your story was he with don cheney was that who hosted him
1: yes don cheney Don and i asked him how so how's don cheney doing he had surgery
0: i saw him out <laughs> of the camp the other day i actually didn't get to talk to him but he looked he was, was refing. you know they have all the players ref at their seven on seven yeah
1: i saw a picture of that looks pretty good
0: like, I mean, who knows? You don't need your shoulder, dude. You don't need much from your shoulder to ref, but it's not like he no, was he play told or me, anything.
1: Yeah, he told me. I asked him how Don Chaney was going to be, and he said, Oh, Don Chaney's going to be he's he's going to be better than ever. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, Don looked like he was he looked healthy, but like you said, who knows?
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think they're really happy with how the weekend went, even though they didn't get any commitments. Um, I, I it seems like July. And and I think one of the recruits even tweeted, like someone tweeted like, looks well, like July is going to be busy. And one of the recruits is like, you know it or whatever. Uh, but right. it really seems like July is going to be, as we keep saying, like the kind of situation where there's a new commitment every three days or whatever. And that's going to be the same. Same is going to be true for uh, every team of Miami's caliber, pretty much, I think. But um, yeah, yes. that, like first week, two weeks of July. I like, think June,
1: it, and it ends with the, uh, June ends with the Paradise. June ends with Paradise. So
0: it's kind of the last move they get to make on on some of these guys. But like I think Jacoby Spells just said he's going to commit on July 4th. He was just there this weekend. Um Chris Graves said he's going to commit July 9th. He's been to Miami three times already this month. Um and I heard uh I heard uh Jake Garcia and and James Williams took him paintballing on their his official visit with a bunch of players Um Uh, I think Dr. Richardson is a tackle from Miami central said he's going to commit like July, the last week of July. So we're already getting like the dates to watch uh, and it's going to be like all month long. There's going to be a, you know, Miami's class could very still well still could be at two after paradise camp, but it could be like 10 or 12 by the end of July.
1: Like That's not outside
0: the realm of possibility. I don't think.
1: Yeah. I yeah it's they start coming in really fast and then we'll also start seeing if anybody's transferring right or will that be a little bit later. Oops.
0: Yeah, I don't know when the next wave of transfers is going to happen. I guess July right like at this point I mean I guess guys could start announcing soon, right? I would kind of I'm I would have thought like coming out of spring we would have maybe seen some, right? Like in May. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get yeah, any, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I,
1: now, maybe some of the injuries,
0: you know, they were so injured at some of their deepest positions in the spring. Maybe that threw the timeline off a little bit, right? But, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, because last year, when did Miami get Isaiah Walker? That was, like, August. Or, no, when did they get Jared Williams? That was the late one. Like, July or August, I think. Must
1: have been July. Uh, Wouldn't have been August. August yeah. Too late. Well, I, I
0: either either the Miami guys are feeling that they got Jared Williams on June eighth, so we're past that window, um, where you would where we were last year when some of those transfers started to happen. They got Isaiah Walker, I think, in May, which were like the two late transfers they got. Obviously, there's still some names out there in the portal, but as far as Miami kids transferring it kind of seems like we're past that, right? Like it's going to be hard to find a spot if you transfer now. I think people are kind of, uh, they
1: must be, the kids must be feel good.
0: Yeah. I mean, we do always, it does kind of always feel like during training camp, there's like one or two that happen, right? Like yes. um, Derek Smith, a couple of years back and, uh, Nigel Bethel. Like there's always yeah. a few that happen late. Like a kid goes to camp and, um, you know realizes maybe he's not where he thought he was going to be on the depth chart or whatever. Um, Christian Williams was another one last year, right? Um, I've always thought that's kind of especially last year it was kind of silly where everyone was getting the extra year of eligibility um, but yeah, that, that's I guess the next right. one that we're looking at like there inevitably there will be a couple probably in August once training camp starts. I think so too, yeah. All right. Um. Anything else before we finish up here? No, the <laughs> we, we, most of
1: it. We're, we got good. There's a there's a lot of the, you know things coming down the road. with NCAA, and we'll talk about that. I think in in future weeks, some some rule yeah. changes. Well,
0: I guess this next time we record, we will know more about the playoff proposal, and we'll obviously circle back about that. Um, and
1: they, they, the conferences are are. They're already gearing up for the uh, the media kickoff days.
0: Yeah, they, you're uh, you're heading up to uh, Charlotte for that, right? Is it heading in Charlotte?
1: to Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, heading to Charlotte. Yep, July 20 that It'll be your first trip since COVID, been... right? Yep.
0: Your first work trip, obviously. You're... First. Yep. Uh, first
1: first work trip since then, and uh, yeah, so that should be pretty interesting. It's been weird. It's been so long, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, um. it's fun to get back. I mean, we talked, I talked about this last week, but just going out to like some of these seven on seven camps and stuff like that. Like it's, it's like you, you're, you're happy it's back to normal. Like you're, it's fun. Like you can just be doing kind of like mundane stuff that like three years ago, you'd been like, Oh, it's another camp. Like got to get my like, three things out of this and watch, you know, kind of stand around and chit chat with people. And it's just like a normal work day. And like, now it's like, it's incredibly fun just to like be somewhere and have it feel normal. And, um, you know, Marlins games where we get to talk to people on the field now, um, don't get to go in the clubhouse like we used to, but we get to stand on the field and talk to players uh, with our masks on. But it's uh, everything's uh, everything's getting back to back to normal. I'm not going to say like a semblance of normalcy. We're back to a semblance of normalcy. It's getting back to normal as normal as we'll ever be.
1: We'll, we'll find out more when we, when we hear the rules, like we said before, for, yeah. for practice. Yeah. So that, then we'll know for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, we can finish up there. Um, be sure to follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan, although hopefully she won't be tweeting too much on her vacation. <laughs> um, but you can check out her story about Jakari Brown. Uh, she obviously tweeted that out. and You can check out MiamiHerald.com to find that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, it is recruiting season, so I've been writing a lot about that. I checked in with five-star uh defensive end Shamar Stewart from Monsignor Pace, who is uh at Miami on Sunday um, and has visited three times already this month. So good news for Miami on that front, although there's a long way to go in that recruitment. I uh, talked to Kamari Wilson, a five-star safety uh from IMG Academy, uh, who I learned is Albert Wilson's cousin, Miami Dolphins wide receiver. Um you talked about Ed Reed, obviously, who's every safety's favorite safety. <laughs> uh, and he told me he hasn't gotten to talk to Ed Reed yet. He's hoping they're going like, to get to meet him on his official visit. But uh, he said he's going to be starstruck whenever he gets to meet Ed Reed. Uh, so that was, a, that was a fun little interview with him. Um, so, yeah, you can check all that out at MiamiHerald.com uh, slash sports and click on the UM thing at the top. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on considering it's June and we are uh, still like 90 days away from the start of – football season um so thanks as always for listening and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week